Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be encouraged in your journey and that your relationship with Father God will be strengthened and deepened. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Good to see you on the balcony. Uh, those watching online, I, I believe we got some in the overflow. Um, blessings on you. It's good to do this, right? It's good to worship the Lord. Um, when I was... Uh, Worshiping on the side, I took a little glimpse of the congregation and I saw how many young people we have. Uh, we, we love all generations, right? When it comes to a healthy church, you need to have the three generations. But when I look at the young, younger generation, what we want to see is we want to see our kids, our grandkids walk in the ways of the Lord, right? And, and I really believe that God wants to raise up the next generation. He wants to raise you up. He wants to work through you, and uh, I, I really have a sense in my heart as we're uh, facing this new year, as we are looking ahead, that God wants to uh, deposit things or calling upon our hearts where uh, he will uh, move us and he will lead us like we've never uh, seen before. So if you're watching online, you might be uh, a younger fella, a younger lady. Remember that God has a call upon your life. You might be in the overflow. You might be here watching. You might be on the balcony. Hey, realize that God is up to something and he wants to work in your life and he wants to show himself wherever you are. And, and what God is looking is for availability. Uh, you might be good in arts, you might be uh, creative, you might be uh, good in, in songs, you, whatever it is, God wants to multiply that and he wants to work in your life. So I just invite you to put yourself available and uh, we'll see what God's going to do. Amen? All right. I would ask you to stand and we'll place ourselves before the Lord. Father God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for each person watching online, overflow, live. We just want you, God. We just want you in our lives. We don't want to go through the motion. We just don't want to wait and watch. We want to jump on board. We want to... Um, connect with you and to see you flow through us. We thank you that you are looking for availability and I pray that our hearts would be available to you, that we would offer up to you our heart and our hands and say, God, have your way. Father, may you work in this place. May you go beyond my words. May you move in every home. May you have, uh, may you, may you have your way in the way that uh, we are available for you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome, you may be seated. So we're done our time of fasting and praying. Not that we're done praying, not we're done fasting, but we had this season of fasting and praying. And uh, I'll use my object lesson later, but I was asking my wife to uh, give me a, buy me a chocolate bar, and she came up with this. You know, that's a pretty big chocolate bar, because fast, in the fast, I didn't have the chance or or the blessing of eating chocolate, so I'm going to eat that later on today. It's not all of it, just by the way, just a portion of it. Yeah, so, so we've been in a time of fasting and praying like I prayed. I don't think God wants us just to watch and wait. I believe that God wants us to place yourself before him and say, God, okay, what do you want me to do? What have you placed upon my life? Because God has placed a call upon mine, but also upon yours. And God wants to reveal himself in your life, in my life, in marriages and families and so on. So what we want to see is we want to step 
in what God has in store, right? We just don't want to wait and watch and just, just be passive. We want to say, God, in, in this new year, we want to see you active. We want to see you stir up our hearts. How many of you want to see God stir up your heart? God, stir up my heart. Come on, God. I want to see something fresh, something alive in me. And so when I was thinking about this thought of not just wait and watch, because that was kind of the deposit that I believe the Holy Spirit placed in my heart during the holidays. And as I was fasting, it just came alive that we're not called just to be passive, but we're called to jump on board and jump in what God has in store, right? And, and this thought was, God, I need to grow in faith, and, and I need to have simple faith. And so what we're going to do in the next few weeks, we'll try to unpack this word faith. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to uh, lay the foundation this morning uh, on what it means to have simple faith, because faith is not complicated. When we look in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, Paul says, there's three things that last. Love, Right? And we're called to be known for the love that we have for one another. But there's also faith and hope. And we're called to have hope because we know that our home is not here, right? And we are looking forward for the day we'll see him face to face. So we know that our focus is on heaven. And we live as pilgrims, as travelers. And we know that we're not called to settle here. Amen? So this is not home. We're just passing by. But as we're passing by and going through life, we're called to live in faith. And we're called to live by faith. And we're called to depend on God. It's such a big piece. Because what happened is we could do life not depending on God and relying on our own strength. Relying on our own ability and, and trying to sum everything or rationalize everything with our brain. And we can miss out on the walk that we're called to walk. That is a walk of faith. So what we're going to do in the next few weeks, we'll go take a look at Hebrews chapter 11. That focuses on faith. But what I want to do today, I just want to lay the foundation on simple faith. If you have your Bible, take a look at Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Jesus encourages his disciples to have faith. And he says, And Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Always pray and not give up. Can you say that to your neighbor? Always pray and not give up. Very simple, right? Always pray and not give up. So what am I called to do? What is Jesus saying to his disciples? Always pray and not to give up. You cannot have more simple than that, right? Always pray, meaning that you depend on God, meaning that you turn to God, meaning that you stop what you're doing and you say, I'm going to go to God. I will make God my solution. And at the same time, not give up. The thing is, when you give up, you might miss out on what God has in store because we pray for God to do breakthroughs and we believe that God is with us. So as we persevere, we expect God to move. And as we do this, we turn to him, we rely on him, and we trust in him. That's the mark of the believer. The just shall live by faith. Me and you are called to walk and live by faith. So that means that we trust in God. And so that's what he's saying to his disciples here as he shared this parable. And he, he says to his disciple that they should always pray and not give up. And he said, he gave this parable, and he said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared for men or about men. 
Verse 3, and there was a widow in the, in the same town that kept coming to him with the, with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God and I don't care for, about man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. I think that's kind of Jesus' humor here, right? He's giving this picture. And then he says in verse 6, Then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And what he's saying, he's giving the picture of, the, of this unjust judge, and he's saying that this guy is self-focused, that he is, uh, he is uh, selfish, and that he doesn't care about the ways of God, and that he doesn't care about men. And, and, and so Jesus is saying to his disciple, disciple, do you get the picture of that judge? you get it? Do you see how this judge, judge is? And, and they're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in verse 7 it says, And will not God bring about justice to his, his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? See, so what, what he's saying here, he's giving the, this picture of this ungodly judge, and then he gives the picture of Abba, Father. And what he's trying to do, what Jesus is trying to convey, is that there's a difference between Abba and the judge. And he's saying, this judge answered the lady's request because she was bothering him. And the reason why Father will, get in, uh, will answer your prayer requests or will grant you what you need is because he's Father. Big difference between the two, right? Big difference of seeing God only as God or only as a judge. And even beyond that, the judge there is ungodly and doesn't care. But what Jesus is trying to say to his disciple is that when you approach God, when you persevere, when you, pr when you pray, it's not to a system or to a man upstairs. You're, you're doing it in relationship with Father. The difference between the widow, the widow and the judge, there's, there's no relationship. And the relationship that we have with Father is that we are bound to him and he's bound to us because of family, because we are his. One of the main components of life, it's to, as a believer, it's to know and understand that when we approach God, we're approaching Abba. It's such a big piece. And that's what he's saying to his disciples. He's saying that God is different. So when you cry day and night, what it means is that you make God, God your solution and you turn to him. So what Jesus is saying to his disciples, guys, realize when you're approaching God, you're not approaching a judge like that guy, but you're approaching a father that cares for you. So day and night meaning bring your request. Go to God. Turn to him. Rely on him. And this is why my theology is huge. How am I seeing God? How do I see God? Do I see him as the man up there? Or do I see him as father? So when I see him as father, and I study how father is in the Bible, I can really trust in him. I can really rely on him. The question I have for you this morning, as you're a pilgrim, and as you're going through life, are you relying on father? Are you trusting on Father? Do you come with your quest? Do you persevere? Do you believe that God will intervene in your life? Do you believe that God will move in your life? I need to believe that. So when it comes to simple faith, it's trusting in who God is and knowing that he will intervene in my life. I believe that 
if I would live this way, I would see way more of God's intervention. I, I believe that God wants to work in, in mighty ways, like it says in James chapter 5, verse 16, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And here we see the, the example of Elijah, where God intervenes in the life of, a, of Elijah. But guys, we need to walk by faith. We need to live by faith. We can't just do life according to our reasoning and according to circumstances. We're bigger than this. We have a higher calling. And the calling that we have, it's to have the eyes of faith. And it's to see God in your situation and in our midst. You know, whatever we go through right now, it's not, it's not the end of the book. Like, we know the end of the book. And that's the beauty of Christianity. It's all mapped out. We know the end of the book. And I've got to live and behave like I know the end of the book. So when it comes to my life, there's a multitude of chapters, but I can't sum up my life or, or, what's, or, or who God is by the season I'm in. I've got to raise up my eyes and believe and expect that God will intervene. Look at where you are right now in your business, in your life, in your family, in the church, uh, in your own life, uh, in your marriage. Do you believe God? Do you believe that God can make a difference? Do we live like God is able to make a difference? And, and, and I think that's our call. We're called to live by faith. You know, there is a saving faith, right? Like it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, that we're saved by grace. And it's by believing that you're, you're saved, right? The reason, the, the only way that we can receive grace is by believing that the Son of Man, Jesus, Son of God, that died on Calvary and rose from the dead, right? So we're saved by faith. But it's, we know that it's grace. It's God, loved so, so, uh, God so loved the world that he gave his Son, but I've got to believe that. And so there's, there's um, saving faith. And so... This is very important. It's found foundational when it comes to our life. Saving faith. But sometimes we stop at saving faith. We accept Christ into our lives. And, and, and that's fine and that's awesome. It's more than fine. It's awesome. But we just stop there and we forget there's, there's a need for active faith. There's saving faith and there's active faith. I don't want to stop at saving faith. I want to experience active faith that when I get up in the morning, I live in dependence on the Holy Spirit. I'm dependent on God. I trust in God. I rely that he will intervene. I rely that he will move. Like if I go back to Luke chapter 17, the last verse I've read, it says, when the Son of Man will come, will he find faith on the earth? It doesn't talk about saving faith. It talks about active faith. Think about that for a moment. When the Son of Man, he's talking to his disciples here, and he wants them to pray and persevere. Continue to pray, continue to depend on God, and don't lose sight of the goal. Persevere, do what you're called to do. And at the end of the story, he says, when the Son of Man, or, or, or when I will come back, will there be faith on the earth? Very good question, right? So we know that when it looks at time right now, the time we live in, everything has a funnel approach when it comes to the time we're in. Things are going faster, and everything is evolving rapidly. And we know that Jesus is coming. And, and the, the thought here, I don't know exactly how, how it's going to look. I, I'm not a uh, eschatology guru when it comes to the end times. But I know one thing is coming back. And what he's asking of me, 
as I'm waiting for his return. And it's not a passive waiting. Is I need to pray where I depend on God, rely on God, and I persevere. So it says on this text that Jesus, uh, in the text we read of Luke, what Jesus is saying is the Son of Man, when he's going to come, is going to be, will he find faith on the earth? And that's the question I've got to ask you. Is there faith in your life? Like, we're very smart in today's world, right? We are, we, 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 we're, we're thinking that, we, we think that we, uh, we have mapped everything out. And especially in the Western world, we're very individualistic. And we think we, can, we, we think we can do things without God. And Jesus says, you know, it would be so sad that the church would come to a point because he's talking to his disciples. He's not talking about saving faith. He's talking about active faith that the church would not walk in faith. So the question I have for you and for myself, am I walking in faith? Am I trusting in God? Am I persevering in prayer and expecting God to show up? That's That's the heart of simple faith. And that's where I have to look myself in the mirror and say, am I living in faith or am I, am I, am I walking in faith that the Son of Man would show up today? Would he find faith on the earth? Would he, will he, would he find active faith? And I say, yes, God, I want to have active faith. I want to depend on God. Like, we go through issues, right? That's not a revelation. We go through issues. Physical issues, relational issues, there's all kind of issues. And I say often, life is not a straight line. Sometimes life seems to be like a circus, right? Up and down and turn, and it's like unreal. What we know that doesn't change is God, right? And what's important for us is to embrace faith and not to be like a thermometer, and not to go to the right and to the left and just to be caught by what's happening. We've got to embrace faith. And my faith is based on Abba, knowing that I'm loved by God, knowing that God has a plan for my life. And that's what Jesus is saying to his disciples in Luke chapter 17. So I don't want to just to do life. I just don't want to analyze with my small intellect. I just don't want to react to what's around me. I've got to embrace faith. Sometimes I need to speak to myself. Claude, where's your faith? Claude, what's your focus? Really, what are you focusing on? What are you believing on? Who are you trusting? Are you trusting in man? Are you trusting in circumstances? What is your, what's your foundation of your life? It has to be God. Would you agree? It has to be God, so I've got to embrace faith. I've got to embrace faith. My first point is a quote I read. I thought it was so cool. Faith is the empty hand of the soul that reaches out to God and returns full. Faith is making God our solution. Faith is God, I've got empty hands. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's next, but I know you do. And I trust in you and I rely on you. So when that happens, there's a peace that settles, settles in my heart. I come before God anxious, my hands are empty, and I come out of his presence with my hands full. What a quote, right? What a quote. And so that's why it's so important for us to take a hold of faith and, and, and not just to stop and not to have this fatalist mindset, whatever will be, will be. And just coast through life and not believe that God is able. God can. How many times in scripture God reveals himself as the one that is able? Amen? He's able. He's capable. So I'm called to believe in him. I'm called to come before God with empty hands. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to fill your hands. 
Secondly, faith is believing that you're not alone. What's faith? It's believing that you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone in the boat. So many mention in scriptures that I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. God said that to the Israelite multiple times. That's what Jesus said before his, to his disciples before he left. I'll never forsake you. His name is Emmanuel. That means that he's with us. So faith, it's to know that I'm never alone. It's not linked to circumstances. It's linked to him being with me. Just let that settle in your heart right now. Do you believe that God is with you? Do you believe that God is able to speak to you? Do you believe that God is able to guide your step? Do you believe that God is able to provide? Do you believe that God is able to reveal what you need? Do you believe that God is able to expose your dead, uh, your, your, your blind spots? Do you believe that God is able to correct you? And, and like it says in Hebrew chapter 12, where he's, he's able to discipline you, bring you in the back, redeem you in the way that he's able to bring you back on track? When we believe that, there's such a peace in our heart to know that we're not traveling alone, right? And I believe the lie that we believe in the Western world is that we are alone. We don't believe that in our theology, but darn, it shows by how we live. Right? So we're called to embrace faith. This is the story of the three Hebrews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When I was younger, I used to say, my shack, your shack, and our bungalow. <laughs> um, you got these three Jews that are thrown into the furnace. And you see their faith. Like, faith is not a get-out-of-jail card where if you have faith, then you won't have any issues in your life. That's not what I'm saying. I was talking to a, a pastor friend of mine that he's part of the mentoring group. Well, well I, it's, it's like a, he's part of my mentoring group, and, um, and he's in France, Eddie, and he was talking about his friend, like what, he, what Eddie oversees churches in France, and, um, and he's part of my mentor group, and he was talking to me about uh, one of his pastor friends in Libya. And uh, Eddie was talking, he, it was fresh, he was saying, you know, my friend in Libya, his assistant pastor just got murdered because of the gospel. And I was, like, and you could see that he was emotional, and, and I was thinking about my staff, the beautiful staff I have, and I said, imagine one of my staff being killed because of faith. Unreal, right? And, and Eddie asked the question to this man that lost his assistant pastor. He says, so are you afraid? He said, well, Eddie, I've crossed that bridge a long time ago. Like, no, I'm not. I had to make a decision at one point that I was not going to be afraid. It's part of the deal. It's part of, of the package. I'm here in Libya, sir, because he's not from Libya. I'm here serving in Libya, and I know that there's a good chance I'll die, and, and that's how I'm living my life. That's That's faith. See, that's faith. It doesn't mean that you have faith that you won't have any issues. It doesn't mean that because if you have faith that it's going to be a, a, a straight line. And, and we in the Western world, if I get, if I, if I, if I get personal, I, I, I come out of uh, uh, the line here, is that we believe in a theology where we're being escaped of everything. Even our eschatology where we say the rapture will happen before tribulation. It's very appealing for North Americans right? When you talk with this guy in Libya, he's already in the tribulation. See, I'm not saying, I don't know about eschatology as much. I'm not an eschatology guru. But when I look at Keith Green, he said one time, pray for pre, but be prepared for post. What if the rapture doesn't happen before? Are you still going to have faith? Like we've built a theology 
about easiness. And faith is not about is easiness. Faith is about standing in the calling that God has placed upon your life. Standing in your home. Standing in your workplace. Standing in your community. It's like this lady that comes to church all the time. And she's a single parent. And she's got a few kids. And at one point she had a few jobs on the go. And I look at her and she comes in church with her kids. And, and I know that she's busy out of her mind. I, I think I'm busy. She is to another level. And she comes with a smile and I'm looking at her, that's faith. I honor her faith of, of bringing her kids to church and, and, and coming here and, 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 and serving and, and wanting to see God move in her family. It's faith. Faith is not being um, taken away, but faith. And, and God can take someone away in a way that God is able to do the impossible. But faith is about trusting God where you are no matter what. And I think there's a need for that in our lives, right? Or there's a need for us to embrace that faith. You look at the three Hebrews that were thrown in the fire. Did I read the text? or Because I'm not too sure if it was the last service or this one. I didn't read it. I didn't read it. Okay. Daniel chapter 3, verse 17, it says, If we're thrown into, uh, if, and they're saying that to the king, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us uh, from your hand, O king. So he's saying God is able. They have this faith. They know that God is able. But look what he says after. Look what they say after. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you set up. It's all about worship. It's all about giving God the glory and to see him be lifted up. It's not about our comfort. It's not about us. It's really about him. And here you see that the three, the three Hebrews, they believe that God can save them and take them out of that situation. But it doesn't really matter. You see, because their focus is on worship. Their focus is on, I'm living for God. I'm having faith in God. And whatever happens around me, it's secondary. The storm, the waves, it's secondary. What's important is Jesus is on the water. That's what's primary. Where's Jesus? He's on the water. So you focus on Jesus. Not on the wave, not on things that are around. You focus on Jesus. And whatever God has in store, has in store. And the, the story, you know the story, the end of the story. It's an amazing story where the king looks through the window of the furnace and he sees a fourth person standing in the fire. And he says, oh, he looks like a son of, God, a son of God's. Yeah, it was the son of God. It was Jesus that was in the furnace. What a story, right? Jesus is in my furnace. And that's what I need to realize, that what's important in my life right now and what's important in your life, it's faith, simple faith. It's not complicated. It's to trust and believe that God is with me. It's to, it's to see that God has a way and, and God will lead me through all this, that it's not just about the now, but it's about trusting God you got this example of this man, this prophet called Habakkuk. And Habakkuk is called to prophesy to the Israelites. And what happened with his context is that it's already too late. Judgment is coming. And the other prophets before him, they were saying, uh, turn to God, turn to God. And they didn't. And now judgment was coming. And look how Habakkuk responds to oppression and tribulation. And he says, 
In verse, chapter 2, verse 4, it says, See, he is puffed up. His desire are not, uh, they're not upright. And he's talking about how people responded to God with pride. But he says, but the righteous will live by faith. He's saying the righteous will live by faith even though it's going to be difficult. And if you move on, I don't have time to talk about the whole chapter, but the, the chapter talks about how we're called to live in, in hardship. And in chapter 3, verse 17, it says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there's no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there's no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stall, yet, look at this, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will be joyful in God my Savior. That's faith. It's to be like Job that loses everything and his wife says, curse, curse your God. No, I won't. Because faith is linked to worship. You're focusing on God and you're living for God and you say, no matter what, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to expect from him. I'm going to rely on him and I believe that he will make a way. You may have a lot of uh, naysayers around and people that will say this and that. You've got to settle on where you're going to throw your anchor. Anchor in God. That's simple faith. Anchor in God. Go to God. And realize that he will make a way. And that's what Jesus is saying to his disciples in Luke chapter 17. Why can I do that? Because I'm anchoring in Abba. <sighs> you see? Just the thought of Abba brings peace. He's the maker of the universe. He makes the, the earth his footstool and the heaven his throne. <laughs> He's bigger than all that is around me. He sees further than me. And in all this, he loves me. Pretty cool, eh? What a deal. Grace is such an awesome deal. It's unreal that we are under grace. So we, we want to rely on God. I was reading this, this testimony of John Patton a missionary to the South Sea Islanders, and, and he went to be a missionary there, and, and uh, he wanted to talk about faith and belief, but they had no word that existed in their language when it came to faith, faith and belief, believe. And uh, one time he heard an islander say, it's so good to rest my whole weight on this chair. And he said, oh, we'll create a word in their language called faith, and we'll call it We'll call it faith, and it means resting one's weight upon. So, so faith in that language is now, it means resting one whole weight upon. I thought it was so cool. Faith is you put all your weight upon. You know, I know that you're playing with your kids, and, uh, and you're on top of them. You can't put all your weight on them because, you know, you're going to squish them, right? And, and so, many, so many times in life, listen to this. We're not pulling, putting all our weight on God, you know? Just, but just in case it doesn't work, right? We're not pulling our full weight. It's like putting your full rate, weight. You're just putting your full weight. See the picture? Am I willing to put my full weight on God? Not holding back on my knees and just giving a part of me, but putting my whole weight on God. Simple faith. I know it's not easy. Simple but not easy. But it's something I'm called to learn. I'm called to grow in, to walk in faith. Faith is an act of worship. Hebrews 11 verse 6, 
It's impossible to please God without faith. And the blessing is anyone who wants to come to him must believe that, that God exists and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. He rewards those that trust in him and actually when you trust God, it's an act of worship. So when you choose to trust God, rely on God, whatever the circumstances, you say, hey, my anchor, I'm anchoring myself to God. And sometimes you've got to talk to yourself. Claude, come on. Do you trust that God will make a way on this? Do you trust that God will be glorified in this? Do you trust that in, in this turmoil, in this, in this storm, that there's something that God is up to? i got to believe that because I'm called to walk by faith. Amen? So faith is an act of worship. And my last point here, Faith is not telling God what to do, but it's taking God to his word. Faith is not commanding this and that. Faith is responding to what God says to you, especially when God speaks to you through his word. Like we've talked about that. We have a Hearing God seminar, and we talk about the Logos, that's the written word, and we talk of the Rhema also, where God, you're reading the, the Logos, and as you read the Logos, God God speaks to your heart in context of the Logos, not independent of the Logos because the Logos has final authority because it's the word of God, final authority. But as you read the word of God and you have interaction with God, God speaks to you, brings deposits into your heart. So that's why it says um, in, in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith comes when you hear what God has to say. And the more you know the character of Abba and you know how Father is, the more you have trust. So you have to go to God's word. And so that means that you got to connect with God and let him speak to you. Faith is expecting and trusting in Abba. I've got my famous bag here. You might say, why did you bring a bag? It's not a complicated, I don't have something I wasn't too sure if I was going to do it or not. It's just a, just a, a, a picture. Is what is in your bag? What's in your bag? What do you nurture? In other words, what is in your heart? Like, are you nurturing hope? Are you nurturing faith? What's, is, when, it, when, it, when, you, when it comes to your life, what's coming out of, of, of your bag? If I would go and... and I've got chocolate here. Where I would go and pick something off out of your bag, what would I find? What comes out of your mouth? What's in your life? Is it hope? Is it faith? Is it love? Or is it hurt? Hurts? Is it frustrations? Is it disappointments? Disillusionments? What comes out of your heart? You gotta take a look at what's in your own bag and see, like, what's in my heart? And then what you got to do is you, you got to show it to God. Here's what's in my bag, God. Because God wants to help you and God wants to rescue you. But you don't want to have things in your life that causes you to quench and to choke faith, love, or hope. The Bible says that we're called to take the shield of faith. Shield of faith. What does that mean? It says that there's fiery darts that are aim at you. And I'm called to take the shield of faith. The enemy is throwing darts at you, and you don't have the sh shield of faith. You know what happens? You're, you're like a target, got full of holes. And there's some of us that we have full of holes because we didn't raise up our shield of faith. And you know what the enemy plan is when it comes to darts? There's two main areas that he has for you. Is that he wants you to believe that God doesn't care for you. He wants you to believe 
that God is not interested in your life, then you're not good enough. That's what he wants you to believe. So you say no. You raise up your shield of faith and you say, God is good. God has a plan. God is in control. God, God is supreme. And you, and you look at God's word and, and you lift up your shield of faith. The second lie, I believe, I kind of said it a bit, is that we believe that we're not worthy. You know, we're so good to dig ourselves holes. If I would ask you, how many of you feel not worthy and not good enough? I, I think that's the majority of people. We have so much a problem to receive God's love because we're raised religiously and we think it's all deserved. For us, it's so hard to receive grace. It's so hard to receive gifts, the gift of grace. And the enemy comes and says, well, Claude, you're not worthy. You're a screw-up. Look at all the mistakes you've done in your life. Why? You deserve it. You've sown, now you reap. And we... Ah, in it. That's what we do. The lie, the enemy comes and he lies and he tells us, oh, you know, this is not true. God is not faithful. Oh, God is faithful to him, but not for... Oh, God is faithful for that person, but not for you. Such a lie. Twists our view of Father and he tells us that God doesn't care. Can I tell you that God does care? Come on. God cares so much. I just got to come to him. I just need to acknowledge him and throw my anchor of faith. And secondly, it's not about my worth. It's about grace. It's all about grace. So then you say, God, and if you are walking in sin and you're off course, God has open arms and says, just be frank, be true. Show me your bag. And you say, God, you don't want to show God's bag, but God is not surprised by what's in your bag. You've seen, seen all the bags, right? So you show him what's in your bag. God, I give you this, I give you that. It might be humbling, it might be difficult, but it's not about the show. It's about transparency and vulnerability. And if you do that, you say, God, I give you my bag, come. You know what he's going to do? He's going to come. He's going to... He's going to wash over you. He's going to set you free. So my prayer is that you would take the shield of faith up, simple faith. Take the shield. You do care, God. You do have a plan. And secondly, God, you love me. I can't receive it. I can't receive it because you love me. And if I can have these two ingredients, I will walk in this simple faith. As I wrap up this thought this morning, I just want you to know that what Jesus wants us to do is to depend on him. Like he said to his disciples in, Acts, in, in Luke chapter 17, when the Son of Man come, will he find faith on the earth? Yes. Me and you will trust in God. We will we'll live a life that trusts in him where we're anchored in him. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.